0: Gosh, I think you need to really connect with your own motivation and what, yeah, why why you're doing what you're doing, why you're studying it, and how you want to work with people. Um, because I think, like you said, there's so many different areas to go into.
1: Thank you for joining me today on the Natural Healthcare Network podcast. My name is Deb McLeod, and I really appreciate your listening in today. We have Saba James joining us. She has recently qualified as a nutritional therapist, and part of the objective of these podcasts is to share, inspire, educate, communicate, and collaborate with one another. I found Saba's story really interesting. She's a formerly trained ballerina. She has joint honours in philosophy and literature. So I thought it would be really inspiring if she shared her own health journey with us. So thank you so much for joining us today, Saba. It is great to have you here with us. Thank you. I'm I'm delighted to be sharing this time with you, Deb. Thanks. It's going to be great fun. This is my first personal interview on the Natural Healthcare Network. So I'm really, really excited that you're here sharing the information or sharing insights on what got you into the natural healthcare industry. So why don't we just kick off with some questions. Tell me, first of all, why did you decide to become a nutritional therapist? Um, that's a
0: really good question, which has a number of influences, really. Um, one is my own experience of my own health and my own journey to try and support myself rather than being on Very strong medication. Um, So, through a process of self education in my 20s, I discovered the power of nutrition um, and owning your own health and how to look after yourself. Um, I also had the opportunity in my mid 40s to actually study again, so that an opportunity popped up. Um, I'd been teaching for a long time. And I thought, actually, what do I want? How do I want to be working in my 50s? Yeah. Who do I want to be? Um, I knew I wanted to be in a really supportive role because in my educational experience, working one-to-one with young adults and supporting them in that tutorial relationship was really important. Um, also, there was it seemed to be the zeitgeist was changing around that time in yeah. terms of nutrition and yeah. mainstream medicine. And it seemed like a good opportunity to actually ride that wave. Um, and also, I was inspired by blogs and people like Joe Gamble and hearing more about functional medicine and thinking about the drivers of disease, mm. but working holistically with people. So all those factors came together in a moment of um self-analysis I suppose and I thought actually I would like to work in a facilitative way to support people with better health choices and take ownership of their health using nutrition and food um but but holistically and um I think yes that's it <laughs> sorry I've run out of things to say no it's okay well
1: I like the word that you said you know in a facilitative way and the holistic aspect. Um, I think that's really interesting because I've done a little bit of snooping around about you and you come from the performing arts industry. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I do. That's my background. So I, tra- I actually trained as a ballerina. Oh,
1: wow. um,
0: I went to. Yeah, I trained in classical ballet and went to ballet school when I was 10. Uh, which was a boarding school and had very intense education and trained with English National Ballet Company and moved into performing arts and movement and then became a teacher. Um, and it was in my 20s that I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition alongside being in a very intensive profession. Oh, right. Um, so I was very aware of my body and health and probably not looking after it as I should when you're young and silly and don't know any better we're all that way Um, aren't we when we're we're in our 20s I
1: mean it sounds
0: I sound like an (laughs) old
1: woman um but we you know we do these things don't we but being a ballerina that's a really really intense line of work to be in and have a health issue that must have been quite challenging
0: yeah I think it it brought a level of self-awareness that I really needed in my life at that time because I think I was just taking everything as given to me and seeing myself as um, not fitting in with the world and I needed to, to adapt myself in order to fit into what I thought I needed to be in order to live a healthy life and actually a bit more self-awareness and finding out That actually there was stuff that I could do to support myself and maybe the way I'd been living wasn't doing that and because my my goals were on achieving certain ambitions you don't always make the best choices of self-care and health and and also how intrinsic good health is to your sense of who you are um yeah and it's really easy to take that for granted and think Oh, I am who I am without thinking about what your body is doing and how your mind and body are interacting even your self-identification it's um, it's really easy to to just not think about that so I found it a really helpful point to actually take the time out to reflect and I re- and I also found that aspects of myself that I think if I'd have stayed just in a very driven state of trying to achieve those ambitions, I I might not have come to the realisations that I did. So it was a a bizarre time of being really challenging, but then also offering loads of opportunity of self-discovery and, yeah, meeting other people and and taking a
1: different path, really. I like that you say that you, you took this as an opportunity for you to sort of embrace it as it were it's not no one likes to find out that they have what could be a serious health condition but it's how you seem to have embraced it so did you find that you went from being a dance instructor to a personal trainer is that right or were you doing that at the same time is that how that evolved no it was it's evolved over time
0: so I left uh, English National Ballet Company and actually went in to do a very cerebral uh, philosophy and literature degree which seems like a really odd choice but I think I just went from something very kinesthetic Mm -hmm. to something very intellectual and I felt like I wanted to flex my um, critical thinking in those areas of my life that perhaps were secondary Um, and that at the time happened to be influences from friends so I I was dating someone who was studying philosophy and I was hanging out with these really interesting people who were asking lots of existential questions. And I, I remember reading Emmanuel Kant's <clears throat> Critique of Pure Reason and having a eureka moment of, oh, my gosh, you know, like uh, like um, epistemology or categories of understanding is in a dialogue between the individual and the world and that things are not absolute. And so, you know, that sounds really try it now but at the time when i was 24 25 that was just like wow i suddenly saw that as an opportunity for learning at the same time as going okay i've got psoriatic arthritis and psoriasis and a kidney issue Mm, um and i was speaking to some buddhist friends at the time and they were macrobiotic so i just started researching that as a way of eating and found that um yeah, really helpful in my transition to awareness of nutrition as well.
1: Hmm. Well, I, first of all, I don't find anything that you know when we're when we're starting to embrace um, where we are and what's going on in our lives, and that nothing is really certain. I don't think any of it's trite, so it didn't sound trite <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> um, and to go from such a you know from being a professional dancer with the english national ballet so going from that professional environment to as you say a more cerebral environment there's that is a major shift in your life so it sounds um like a fantastic transition to me embracing body mind and spirit am i right yeah so yeah yeah
0: it what? well it was really interesting because at that time um it's almost like I rejected all of my very body somatic kinesthetic understanding and, and almost didn't value it and then shifted into the opposite, a bit like a Hegelian dialectic, um, which now I'm thinking about it. Um, so, yeah, I, there was kind of a thesis antithesis. And, and now I feel at this stage of my life, there's a kind of synthesis of that quite theoretical academic study and then somatic kinesthetic body work which is coming together in nutritional therapy and education and wanting to help other people on their own health journey and I suppose I'm calling it a health journey because I feel like um it's it's not an end in itself i suppose it's creating good health so we can be the human yeah. beings we want to be and do yeah. the stuff that we love and um, rather than it just being an end in itself which some extreme ends of of perhaps uh the nutrition industry i call it pushes it to almost yeah. an end in itself you know self care, eating, what you do to, to very minute pedantic detail. So um
1: yes. <laughs> See I told you
0: I go down the sacs
1: <laughs> No, 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 no. I like it. I like it. I think it's true because I agree with you. I, I we are all on our own health journey. We are. And I it's not just about you know, as nutritionist to nutritionist, it's not just about the foods we eat. It is about the whole nourishment of our bodies and that encompasses everything really. So you're not going down a, a rabbit hole, or maybe you are and I'm enjoying the journey with you. <laughs> yeah, maybe we are in there together. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So I guess all of that sort of did all of that led you into wanting to study it sounds like a a, a wonderful sort of process, your own timeline of of how you have evolved into this and, and as you say, how you've come back to a Um, an amalgamation of all of these things the cerebral the kinesthetic you know everything combined in one through studying nutrition um and Mm. and so my guess is it's really sort of as you said personal and professional reasons that you got into got into nutritional therapy Yeah. yeah
0: I mean it's um I was, yeah, motivated in wanting to help and change and facilitate. And that being a skill when I was a teacher and working with young adults, I really loved that dialogue and, um, you know, that kind of that space where you can help people change and you also learn yourself. So it's um, a bit of self-development and supporting other people as well. Um, And also thinking about social and political motivations just looking at the chronic health conditions really absorbing a lot of the nhs budget of conditions that can be supported really well with good nutritional programs with self-care with Mm -hmm. lifestyle choices Mm -hmm. and seeing that as an opportunity to be a positive influence in that sphere of health as well
1: Mm mm-hmm it's it's true. There's so many ways that we can improve our health and well-being without having to take medication. And it's the social prescribing that the GPs are getting involved in more and more as they see the value of it, don't they? Saves mm-hmm. everyone a lot of hassle, yes. time and money at the end of the day, doesn't it really? So if we talk a little bit about, um, you trained at CNM at the College of Naturopathic Medicine, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did.
1: Yeah. And um, can you tell me, was there a specific reason you chose the organization?
0: Um, I think it. I like the combination of the naturopathic model of healing with a scientific basis. Yeah. I think uh, it, you know, it, it was the breadth of anatomy, physiology, biomedicine, biochemistry coupled with the, the practical hands-on clinical experience with supervision, but also the belief in the innate healing of mm. the body and trying to find that homeostatic mm. balance. Um, so, you know, health being a vitality rather than an absence yeah. of disease.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I de- that sort of leads me into... I wanted uh, to just sort of give you a bit of praise, first of all, because I know you graduated with a distinction. So well done, you. Um, do you... Um, have any other qualifications that work alongside your practice, or are you studying anything else right now?
0: Well, uh, yeah, I'm a personal trainer and a dance coach, so I'm a member of the Royal Academy of Dancing, and I'm a teacher. I've also worked as a community navigator in community health, so that's been coaching one-to-one people over 50 through social and well-being activities to a space of engagement and feeling more positive and Hmm. basically improving well-being outcomes so I've done training and coaching alongside that and and motivational interviewing as well as looking at strategies to support mental health so I feel I've got uh, like a yeah a toolkit if you like which um, uh, helps inform each other yeah
1: Yeah, really a lot of fantastic things. So are you focusing any one specific area or specializing in an area because you've got your toolkit, as you say?
0: Um, It is quite broad at the moment, but I think that's the nature of being uh, an embryonic or baby practitioner at the moment. So (laughs) areas I'm interested in are mental health, um, looking at anxiety and depression, and just And I don't mean this in an accusatory or negative way, but the inadequacy of NHS um, pathways to support people with anxiety and depression. It does seem, you know, it's antidepressants or medication with, if you're really lucky, a cognitive behavioural therapy adjunct. And actually, a lot of research shows there's a multifaceted approach to that from you know, gut health and nutrition through to exercise and creativity, even the arts having a significant role to play and looking at trauma in the body. So mental health, um, also aging well, because I've moved from working with teenagers to the 50 plus demographic. um, And I found Dr. Elizabeth Blackwell's research on how do we improve our health span rather than thinking about our life lifespan what can we do to improve our health span so we just live better for longer rather than just living longer um so actually thinking about strategies to support people especially when they're thinking of retiring actually how do I look after myself in this age now where I don't have endless energy And there may be cellular challenges on a biochemical level. How do I look after myself? Um, And then um, I'm looking at longer term projects of a coaching based model of nutrition within the NHS. All right. Um, And that's a a longer term project, really, inspired a little bit by Dean Ornish and his coaching based nutritional programs to support cardiovascular health. Yeah, um, that's an and speaking work. to people, he's amazing. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was privileged to hear him speak at the Social Prescribing NHS England uh, conference, and it was quite amazing, one, that he was there as the keynote speaker, which was fantastic, um, yeah. and two, outlining how successful his program is. Mm. Um, so I am speaking to people in community health and, and talking about how could we pilot a model like that within certain lifestyle metabolic diseases, and yeah. how could that be meaningful? So, but that's a longer-term project, and but that's something that's a horizon of my, my thinking at the so moment. So you don't have
1: a big list of things that you've got ahead of you, really at all, do you? <laughs> fair, and fair point, uh, though. Uh, well, made. no, no. I, I mean, I love listening to to the ambition and I think it's really great I'm guessing um because you work with St. Monica Trust is that right that's working with older people and helping them as you say improve the health span in essence is that right
0: yeah basically I work with St. Monica Trust so I've done um I do dance and creative workshops with older adults. And I, I did a co-event with the Macular Degeneration Society recently, oh, excellent. which was lovely, actually, which was looking at dietary interventions, social prescribing activities. We also came together and had a delicious lunch. I devised the, the menu. Yeah, yeah so that was and so it was also a lovely social event as well so those kind of community talks uh, um i'm yeah i really enjoy as well so
1: and were they uh, were the people open to their menus being changed were they were they being a little bit um, um well, i don't want to use anything negative but were they open to the changes and suggestions that you were happy to put in place for them did they embrace them
0: yeah do you know what was interesting is i try i i thought i'm going to be really safe and stick with a genre of food by that i mean mm-hmm. it was um a soup with a grain based yeah. uh side dish um and then it had a kind of compote stew easy to eat pudding But I introduced a few unusual ingredients within a standard genre, also showing that healthy food is easy and you don't have to go down extreme um, ways of cooking or dehydration or or whatever is out there in the the food industry media. Do you know what I mean? In order to be healthy, I need to have a Vitamix, chia seeds, broccoli sprouts. Um, and there's things that you can do. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that at all, but it's not the only way. Um, so it was trying to speak their language, but introduce specific nutrients that do support eye health, as well as being anti-inflammatory, easy to cook, yeah. easy yeah. to eat.
1: I think what people don't realize is that there are a multitude of ways to get to feeling better and through nutrition and that's the exciting thing about foods using foods um as part of your health and wellness journey is that there's so many different things out there and it depends on the person do you or the individuals do you find that with older people they have um more of they're more set in their ways uh, and or not so willing to try new things, or are you finding? Do you find any roadblocks with working with elderly people? And I say elderly, actually, you're working with fifty plus, aren't you? Really, <laughs> that's unfair because I'm in my fifties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really. It's, I think. Well, that's it i'm i'm heading to 50 next year as well so it is that gosh i'm heading into that demographic and there'll be assumptions about my level of flexibility too actually i shouldn't say
1: that because i'm totally flexible i eat all kinds of of wild and wonderful things but then i am a nutritional therapist yeah but still it is it is interesting and 50 is the new 60 or 70 people say but Still, I mean, you're working with an older age demographic. So are you finding that you're hitting any roadblocks?
0: Yeah, I think that I think it's habitual and I think it's the nature mm-hmm. of repeating a behavior for decades. Um, and I think it's it's introducing that as an idea to people of saying, well, you you know, you are comfortable with that. Why do you think you are? You know, let, could we try this addition? And and I think the key is really listening and not assuming that you know best, that you're the expert. Um, it's really finding a way to communicate with people with where they mm. are. Um, otherwise, I feel like we're just uh, reliving or rehashing the power relations of the NHS, which is an expert patient model in which you're a passive recipient of something done to you. Um, yeah. And actually there's lots of ways in. And if you have conversations with people, I think that's where the coaching comes in. Yeah. Who am I to say that this must be better for you? It's your health and your life. And perhaps that way in isn't right for you, but another way in might be. Um and a lot of older mm. people have mobility issues, dental issues, arthritis, yeah. Yeah. those kind of limitations which mean you need to work around those. Um and and be Mm -hmm. very empathetic I think with that context that you're living in that said I've had a woman of 103 in my dance class who is sprightly and incredible and yeah so it's really varies I think you you just realize how mindset is such a key element of this because I've met very old people who are 52 and very young people in their 80s so
1: it really does vary yeah that's a, that's really interesting. And so you you've recently qualified. Um, are you is your practice up and running? Have you you've, you've started implementing some of these programs? But I mean, it really is. Exciting. It's, it's, it's inspiring. It's brilliant. But um,
0: it's that shifting into a space where you're fully present as a nutritional therapist or a nutritionist yeah. business. Um, and I've I'm doing it like a jigsaw piece at the moment um, right. I'm putting one piece in at a time and I've actually had to do a bit of work on acceptance of that um, right. not comparing myself to other people and just going okay where where are you at right now and I'm still working full-time on my project so I my way of doing it is I've been really lucky in that the universe has given me opportunities rather than me That's having great. to market myself at the moment. So I thought well let's just do those opportunities to the best of my ability and when I have the time in the new year I will get a web presence and my business cards. But at the moment I haven't had to do that and I haven't had the time to be honest. So
1: yeah. Well, it take, well and it sounds like you only with the way you're going in your previous history and your current network of people that you're working with it's evolving as you say as it needs to be and we all we do all go at our own pace and I I think it's really important as nutritional therapists our healthcare practitioners it's important for us to support that evolution of our own Business growth, as it were, and to see how we move forward with it. Um, some people just jump in and get on with it immediately. And others, I know other people who've been out who've qualified for three or four years, and they're only just getting back into it and and for whatever reason. Mm. So it's not a you have to do this, and that's the great thing about it. it's it's our own business. And again, it's about us in our own space and time and helping people, I think. I think that's that's my
0: two Yeah, points, I agree. And really. I think there's
1: that element of creativity there which I
0: really enjoy, which is who do I want to be as a practitioner, how do I want to work and how do I make that happen? Um so I don't you know, it's not necessary that you do the one to one nutritional therapy consultations. I mean that's part of what I want to mm. do, but I, w- I want it to be broader than that as well. So there's that opportunity to create educational programs and workshops, and uh, as well as working one to one.
1: Right. So I was going to say, so is that what you're wanting to do? So you'll have both one to one and workshops. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm interested in the education element of it as well because I think that's really important. If people understand why, they're more likely to buy into their own motivation um mm-hmm. So, and also, I think change is not something that happens really quickly and easy necessarily, and that there needs a bit of time to let things land and to work through that with people. And I find I'm working on a weekend workshop idea with my sister, who's a life coach, and looking at oh, cool. a more radical approach to weight loss. I'm going to call it weight loss now. It's not really weight loss, but it's, yeah, a radical approach to. to self-care and looking after your health
1: Ooh, I oh i can't wait i can't wait to talk about it you have to come back you have to come back and we can talk about it because i think that would be that would be great it really would be great so i mean because that's um i mean what do you uh, it's interesting you're talking about um things evolving over time I mean and I think just putting that back at you it's the same that you do with your own business it's we all need to listen to what we say to our clients for ourselves Mm -hmm. for our own health for our own business you know things don't happen in a day and I think we all want things to happen immediately and that's one of the the one of the key elements that I think I've learned over the time that I've qualified and I've only been qualified for over a year now. So yeah. it's been quite an interesting process for me as well. So, what do you think are some of the most challenging things that you'll face with your clients? Um, I'm sure you found this as well, especially during clinics.
0: There's the negotiating or managing around expectation um, of their expectation about what's possible, but also the level of engagement with a process. I think, um, I think the NHS, like I said before, and I've, I've hit, touched on it, is um, there's an expectation that there's a pill or a supplement or a thing that you do that will make you better yeah. um, and that wellness is a static state that you're trying to achieve. It's, mm. um, it's a fixed outcome rather than being a dynamic relationship with yourself and your body and that you know listening to your body and how you engage with that and change your behavior just how your behaviors can can feed that as well so i think challenges are are expectations um also a challenge but a bit of a gift is ambivalence um which is, you know that I really don't want to be where I am right now, but I don't really want to change yeah. anything. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's really hard for people. It's isn't
0: really it. hard, and I think the the cultural tide is pulling people to a state of unhealthiness. I think the 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 food industry and certain cultural food influences is is pulling us into what is now being termed an obesogenic culture, an obesogenic society. So you have to be really strong and anchored within that to look after yourself. I mean, I, I did a really interesting kind of artistic collage of all the messages you receive every day around food that are sublim- subliminally absorbed by yourself. Right. And it was just a journey on a train and I was going around and just taking photos um, and just the, just being bombarded with food, eating, um, everywhere is free this get that for a pound encouraging you for this muffin even in the cafe shop what they're offering I mean it's constant so if you are a busy human being of course you're going to fall into that and it's trying to give people tools I think to to be able to help themselves in a culture that is against them being healthy and that might sound provocative but I think um, I think that's the kind of state we're in where where profit motive is the driving force for creating what I would call food products rather than food.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So so there's that kind of ambivalence and maybe lack of awareness and also mm. power relationships, you know, working alongside someone and their personality and how they think. Mm. And even the language you use Um you know you people have different interpretations of the same word so what <laughs> tell me may feel like fatigue or yeah. energy or you know mm-hmm. it's kind of finding that level playing field so mm-hmm. i don't know if you agree and you found that as well
1: totally totally and also just being uh you know from another country you know we are divided yeah. by a common language so um i have to really think about that as well so uh, but yes absolutely with with Um, our clients really making it about them and um, learning what uh, and how they see things how they live what their language is all of those things is is uh, important and you said it earlier it's really down to listening and and communicating with them and understanding where they are at that time instead of making it about, oh, we can do all these things for you. It's what's going on with them at that time. Mm. And that's the most, I think, dynamic thing I have found uh, thus far as well. Um, and and it's really just a lifestyle thing, isn't it? I mean, both you've had that sort mm. of history where you've worked with people as a personal trainer, I'm sure it must be much the same that you've been able to integrate that into this new qualification that you've just received uh, really to embrace that as well and it just opens Mm. that up even further doesn't it so um so what do you think are going to be some of the most challenging things that you face as a business owner as a practitioner as an individual yeah
0: well the the challenges um I think are strangely being interested in talks and education i'm an introvert so the whole i'm doing this 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 is a little challenge for myself um to speak to you today <laughs>
1: you're doing so well and you know you're doing great absolutely oh well done.
0: thank you um so yeah so being an introvert and finding ways of engaging in a way that feels authentic and yet is still outward focused and connecting with people. Um, also just um the soul of money really god that sounds a bit um pretentious but just you know making money what that means <laughs> um, having certain values and thinking about supporting and coaching people with i suppose the the lens of making money and, and being able to live as you want to you know obviously within certain means so yeah it's it's that as a business owner and getting the message out there because I find there's so much information now um and so many services and so it's what are you doing that's unique how are you working how can you help people and um I suppose letting your passions drive that rather than looking at the market and saying okay how can I fit in the into the market is what do what do I really believe in, and how do I genuinely think I might be able to help? And but it is turning that into something that is financially viable.
1: Because I am giving up my day job. Well, I suspect you'll probably do that in time. Yeah, I, I do think it will evolve yeah. over time, and it sounds like you've got enough things going on that it will probably squeeze. You know, the day job will squeeze itself out as this as this grows as your business grows, and it is a big challenge for. Healthcare practitioners and deciding so many of those things and saying when do I take that leap of faith um, and finding our voice within a marketplace, yeah. um, identifying who we want to work with, who do we find is in alignment, or you know what the area that we want to specialize in, what so. Um, how do you maintain a, a work-life balance? You've got a lot of things going on how do you do it what do you do
0: well at the moment <laughs> um it is at bursting point so I, but i am aware of that <laughs> so it's like okay at the moment right now it's at bursting point you can't do these things you know get the website do the promotion so it is thinking through realistically about what can i do with the time that i have um and just planning some time in every week to do those ticking along things. Um, I'm also, yeah, looking at my hours from January and changing a bit of that, but also making sure I have time for my joy stuff. You know, I'm still dancing. Mm. I need to do the stuff that feeds me. Otherwise, I will get into my own rut. Um, And I know that can happen really quickly with with me if my energy is really dispersed. Um, So it is just taking that time every morning just to reflect on okay what am I doing today what are the must dos what are the nice to haves when can I in my week do one thing I love um and keeping it quite simple you know in that way and when I do feel overwhelmed that's okay and I can have you know listen to my um audible books or go and have a bath or you know just t- taking the space to recognize those little cues that are easy to ignore when you're pushing yourself
1: yeah so are you still what sort of dancing are you doing are you still doing ballet or are you doing something else
0: gosh ballet too painful for me now um my body
1: <laughs> yeah, my body doesn't like it as much
0: I just okay. go through contemporary classes um And there's a, yeah, there's a nice class that I go to on Tuesdays. And I also, I found this really lovely embodied physical movement, which is kind of like primal movement. It's um, an online app and it does all those like contemporary dance style moves where you move from different postures and positions, which I do on my own at home to music. It's amazing. I love it.
1: What's the, what's the app? Can I share that in the show notes? Yeah, I will give you the um,
0: link. I'll email you the link. Yeah. Great. And it's just, um, it's not like lifting weights and pumping iron. It's actually a creative way of moving your body out of those really habitual Mm -hmm. physical phrases you Mm -hmm. get in from just sitting in front of the computer. So I feel um, brilliant after doing that for about 15 minutes.
1: Oh, cool. That's really (laughs) good. Well done you. Well done you. So actually maintaining a work life balance is such an important thing for all of us. We think, you know, as natural healthcare practitioners, I think there's that element of, um, you know, we have to act like we're perfect. Yeah, and we're, we're, you know, purists and all the stuff, which we're just people, you know, just like everyone else, trying to maintain our own sense of health and well being. And we have our own challenges. So maintaining a, a healthy work life balance is, is, it's not the easiest thing. So I, I like what you've come up with. That's a good idea. And I, I do the same thing. I, I have a daily thing where I think, okay, what is my intention for the day? Is it realistic? That's the other thing.
0: Well, it's like you were saying, you're, you're listening really well to your clients. So you need to listen really well to yourself and, and notice the stuff. I suppose, yeah, it's knowing the little cues that your body gives you and really listening to you as well as your clients. Um But also we've got I've got a fantastic um, graduate group of my lovely, lovely colleagues and peers who and we meet up every other month. I mean, I know we've only graduated since August, but we'll have our third meeting in December. And that's just great to be able to have that connection.
1: No, it makes a huge difference having that. As you know, we do the same. The people that I graduated with, a lovely, lovely group of people, and we meet on a monthly basis. Um, Do you have any tips to share with people that are going into the business that want to become a natural healthcare practitioner or a nutritional therapist in the industry? um,
0: Gosh, I think you need to really connect with your own motivation and what yeah why why you're doing what you're doing why you're studying it and how you want to work with people um because i think like you said there's so many different areas to go into um and it's really easy to and this this will just tell you more about my own sense of self and my own journey but it's really easy to think you need to fit into a certain way of practicing or being um, or self-presentation in order to be successful, whatever that might be. So just to be really Mm -hmm. careful and hold on to your values and what you think is important and and how you want to help people, but also reach out as well. I've really tried to yeah like you were saying reach out to other nutritional therapists have conversations trying to be a a tide of change in that space so seeing yourself as a, a kind of isolated practitioner reaching out to other nutritional therapists being open and listening and finding out how you could work in your local area or nationally just thinking yeah just I suppose being as flexible and learning when you finish as when you started as well. So, um, mm. but I, I do find with all of the blogs and Instagram and social media, it's really easy to get caught up in that uh, bubble as well um, and feel like, oh gosh, I don't know enough yeah. or I'm not doing that, and to focus on the lack rather than your skill set and what you could be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, you know, yeah. I haven't got any particular business models that you should
1: follow. Or... It doesn't matter. It's, your, um, it's your input. It's, no. you know, that's, that's the thing that I like. It's your input and your insight. That's, that's why <laughs> we're here, really. <laughs> um, that's why I wanted to have the conversation, because you've obviously got a wealth of information. Your background is quite diverse. You have your own story to share. And that's what this is all about. There's no right or wrong you know and it's always constantly evolving isn't it
0: yeah i think so i think it's just being open to that really isn't it
1: absolutely and so what's your what's your business name um it's
0: Saba health um so it's Saba health nutritional therapy and fitness coaching is the kind of strap line um And I think because my name is unusual, it's um, ancient Greek, but it also has meanings in Urdu and Arabic and Swahili. So I thought I would, yeah, I would use that as... um, a kind of link to health and that that's the focus of my business because it's always really hard to think, well, what do I name myself? So I've just kept it really simple. It is Saba-Health and it's either .co.uk or .com. I've registered both. Okay,
1: that's great. Terrific. Um, So we'll put that on the show notes and we'll get the creative way of moving your body. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Is there anything else that you'd like us to put down to share with people? I thought it might be nice to put the St. Monica Trust as a link because it's a fantastic organization yeah, it is
0: actually and i would also do um i'll put a link into well aware which is a a database of social activities for 50 well actually for anyone over 18 but you can specifically look for over 50s it's also links to mental health services to activities so if people say i don't know what to do in my area you can go into well aware type in a particular something, it could be mindfulness, it could be Zumba, it could be counselling, and it will come up with what's local to that person's postcode. Oh, that's terrific.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good resource. Oh, thank you so much. That's lovely. That's lovely. Are there any other links? Um, I mean, you've got the social prescribing at NHS, but any other links that you have that you'd like to share? I'd be delighted to put them in the show notes. So you can just let me, you can send those on to me. Yeah, online. I will do. There's a there's
0: another mental health one, which I think is helpful right. that I can
1: do. Oh, that's great. That's terrific. Well, I'll do that. And is there anything else you'd like to share or talk about at all? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I think that I think that's enough, Deb. Well, Saba, thank you so much for joining me today on the Natural Healthcare Network. I really enjoyed hearing your story and more about your own health journey. It's fascinating to see how we all take different paths in our lives. And I hope that you'll come back one day and share more insights with us. I hope you folks enjoyed it as well. I'd like to ask you to do a couple of things before you go. One, please will you subscribe to my podcasts. Two, I would really appreciate it if you could give me a review. And three, any feedback you have, I would really be grateful for. At the end of the day, these shows are here for you so we can share, communicate, collaborate, inspire, and educate one another. Thanks again for joining me, and here's wishing you great health. Bye for now.